Hey, Andy, welcome to the intro podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, great. I'm excited. Uh, this is exploring a bit of a different area for us on the show. And um, you're the expert on sort of how what I, you know, background checks work and what they really mean. I think we probably all have a perception of that, um, uh, you know, or we've had that experience in some way, but really interested in just learning more from you on, uh, on sort of the high level, how they work or, or what, and what InCheck does um, in your role as CEO, but in particular, what it really means in the case of someone trying to launch their career and what they yeah. should keep in mind around that. So let's start there. What's the 20,000 foot overview of what you do as CEO of InCheck? Yeah. So, um, you know, within check, I, I set the strategic vision for where we're going as an organization. And so, um, in relation to kind of four key areas of the, of the business, which are customer acquisition or sales, um, customer retention for profit, which is more of our operations, finance and accounting, which is in relation to our budget. And then kind of the fourth area, which is more in relation to HR, talent acquisition, company culture, um, things like that. So kind of identifying the targets on an annual and quarterly basis, working with our um, department leaders to, um, you know, identify those goals and then see them through to execution over the course of the year. Awesome. And you, uh, you have a great team you work with. I've had the uh, privilege of talking with some of them and just great people um, as well. So uh, I can understand why the company has had the success that it has experienced. Um, in thinking about uh, further into the organization, just what's the, so what does InCheck do? Yes, yeah, so we provide uh, background screening solutions, primary, primarily for employers, um, but also um, you know, youth sports um, officials, for us sports officials, uh, volunteers, uh, foster care licensing, um, so, you know, we kind of run the gamut, but, you know, in terms of the actual background check searches, mm -hmm. be anything criminal background check to a verification of a person's degree, reference checks, and possibly even pre-employment drug testing. Cool. So here's a question, mm -hmm. and I'm full of them today. Um, we often talk with professionals, mostly in HR, when it, in the job hunt and search in acquisition process about resumes or even things beyond the resume. And we have never explored the area of background checks or, or you know, checking if what is on that resume is accurate and factual. Mm -hmm. So where yeah. does, how does that enter into the, or what, you know, from your perspective, how does that impact people in their career uh, through the processes that you guys manage on behalf of other organizations? Sure. So I think the, the one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, most background checks are run post offer. And so, you know, an organization's interviewed a candidate, mm -hmm. um, sometimes multiple interviews, and they've determined that, you know, this is the person that they want to move forward with, and they proceed to place a conditional offer of employment that's contingent upon the successful completion of a background check and sometimes a drug test. And so at that point, you know, the, the company wants to hire the person. And so 
um, especially in a tight employment market, you know, where there's a lot of competition um, for top talent um, to get jobs filled. Um, you know, the employer wants to get that process uh, wants to get the candidate through the process as efficiently as possible. The goal is to hire the person. The goal is not really to screen somebody out. And mm-hmm. so you know, then you start to look at, well, what are the things that are kind of like the most common areas that would cause problems for someone that um, may, un- may otherwise not really, you know, get flagged. And, you know, it would be inaccuracies or misrepresentations that might come through from the resume in relation to the background screening results. And so that could range from, you know, dates of employment being, being off, um, uh, someone claiming a different type of degree than what they actually have, or, you know, forgetting that because they had unpaid parking tickets at school that they actually didn't receive their diploma. And the registrar's office actually has a hold on it until they pay their fine. So the record is that they actually didn't graduate. So there are little things like that, which, you know, if you're not completely up to speed on all the little details of what your employment and education history look like, um, you know, if you think that the, uh, the misdemeanor conviction that you had isn't going to show up and you forget to put it down, even though it was for something, you know, six years ago, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, that's grounds for, um, disqualifying a candidate because they falsified their application. So, um, little things like that, you know, are, are the, the areas that can come back to bite somebody that may otherwise, you know, really be getting through the process. Does social media ever enter the, the picture on these background checks? It's a great question. So, it's probably the one area in our industry that I get asked about the most mm-hmm. that employers decide not to pursue because it is such a slippery slope. And, you know, there's a really specific way in which employers need to conduct social media background checks. Um, and there's a really stringent setup process in order to do it right. And I think once employers realize the work that they have to do to actually formally, you know, run a social media background check and what they're going to get back or potentially get back, it's not worth the effort and the cost. And so while it may be not done formally, it may be done informally. Right. And so that's where job seekers definitely need to be mindful of their social media presence, regardless of whether the company is formally doing a social media background check. Yes, for sure. Um, and so Man, such interesting work. Uh, let's take a step back or two. What was your first professional job and how did you land it? Oh, man. Um, so it was working for GMR Marketing. Oh, sure. And uh, I, I was supposed to be on the MBA jam van. <laughs> okay. But that was the year the NBA was on strike. And so the jam van wasn't continued and I ended up um, moving to the Kool-Aid mobile. Oh, nice. And so for a short stint, I was the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That, <laughs> that, uh, so did you have to like, you know, run through walls and stuff or, or uh, just. That's the first question I get asked. So yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, you're right in line there. Um, uh, I did not. Um, I got to throw out the first pitch at a minor league baseball game while wearing the Kool-Aid man costume. 
um, which was like a thousand degrees, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> bad. Um, that by far has to be the best first job story that we've had on the podcast. So you win, you win as of now. Yes. Um, well, they're trying to tie that into what I do today, right? Like there's absolutely no connection. <laughs> well, maybe not. Uh, you don't have to wear a costume today, I assume, but, uh, maybe you, uh, your, uh, agility and, you know, being, uh, playing a character and responding to different, uh, people, scenarios, environments, maybe that helps as, uh, as your CEOing, you know, today. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I think the experiences that I, I gained there, you know, combined with, you know, where my career went from there, um, and being somebody that didn't go the traditional route of like graduating from college and having a job lined up right away uh-huh. and going through these traditional progressions, maybe that, you know, alternative career path, I'd like to think, you know, kind of got me where I am today. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, if, if it wasn't exactly traditional, I'm sure mm-hmm. as you were moving along that path and that journey, some people offered you advice. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever any advice that uh, you received that you thought, well, I'm going to modify this or, or maybe ignore it or, or pause on it or something that you maybe didn't do exactly. And looking back, that was the right way to go. Yeah, I think it was probably just that, which was not getting a job right out of college. And, you know, I went more of the, the bartending and, um, you know, kind of hanging out um, route rather than just having something, you know, lined up right away. And, uh-huh. you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, kind of a procrastinator, you know, approach and not wanting to commit to something right away and, you know, kind of being selfish with my time and, and kind of wanting to do things a certain way and um, still have fun and, and not get, you know, too serious in life right after school. So, um, you know, um, yeah, I'd like to think that that approach, you know, kind of got me going in the direction that started this whole career. So how, how, so how would you say that it, it moved you into this, uh, where you are today? Yeah, well, um, you know, I, um, to be candid with you, Steve, I got fired from being the Kool-Aid man. And I think that it was one of those situations where, um, you know, I learned from that, um, was kind of, uh, um, licking my wounds a little bit and was then in a spot where I really needed to kind of rebound and and get going in, in a direction where, where I thought I could be successful. And, and that was in the recruiting and staffing industry. And, had a friend that was um, working for a staffing company and he was moving to a different staffing company. And so he kind of backfilled his role by getting me into the company. And so um, I started out uh, my first offer, which I accepted on the spot with no negotiation, which I would not recommend Uh to any of your listeners was a full-time salary of 20,000 per year plus commission. And I was placing, you know, machine operators and welders, um, 
et cetera. And mm -hmm. so, you know, got going in that direction, um, you know, did that for a couple of years and went to a different recruiting firm where um, my good friend and current business partner, Adam Keel worked, which is when we kind of started putting the pieces together for the master plan to start our own business. And so, you know, that's kind of the connection and how, you know, that starting point progressed and kind of forced my hand to get into something that was like, you know, just readily available that, you know, kind of got me out of that, you know, unemployment and not taking things too seriously. It was kind of that moment. That was the wake up call that I had to get going. That's amazing. I love it. Um, and appreciate the honesty and all of that. Um, I think we've covered what we typically run through and we are at actually my favorite part of the oh, episode, yeah. the rapid fire. Sure. Yeah. So no rules, no judgment. Sometimes the answer is neither mm -hmm. uh, for the, some of these options. And I think there are lessons in all of those things. Um, so we just run like first thing that comes to your head as we run through these. So if you're ready, we'll start. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, everyone always has great enthusiasm for the rapid fire part. So I love that. Um, what are you reading, watching or listening to at the moment that you'd recommend to someone trying to launch their career? Yeah, The Five Dysfunctions of a Leadership Team by Patrick Lencioni is the book that I just wrapped up and uh, it was it was game changing as a leader. But I think if I would have looked back at that early in my career or read that early in my career, it would have been a great starting point. Awesome. Do you find yourself, I always have curveballs in here for some reason. Do you find yourself re reading a lot as CEO? Is that important to you? Or do you have a mix um, of media that you use? Or I use a mix of media. Yeah, you know, I get um, a lot of stuff in my inbox that, you know, is more of the quick hitter variety on certain topics. And when I see one that's of interest based on whatever, you know, I'm working on or situations are present at work, um, you know, that'll be a good opportunity to dive in. But, you know, also building a solid network and being able to reach out to people that have expertise in different areas so that when other things pop up, it's, you know, not just reading, but also being able to reach out to people um, to talk through certain issues that are challenges for me. Perfect. Okay. I'm super interested in this with everyone, but in particular, I know you, you mentioned uh, before we started that you were uh, working out early this morning. So your, what is your go-to food when you need a boost? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I do, I'm kind of one of these guys with a little routine. So I do my little protein shake in the morning. Okay. Um, and, uh, my wife and I were making avocado toast, um, to go with that. Um, I also make these protein balls that are made out of like peanut butter, honey, chocolate, oh, sure. nuts, granola. So they're, uh, yeah, a couple of those kind of get me through the day. Um, <laughs> go to for sure. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's made those. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, um, super. Okay. Instagram or TikTok? Oh, TikTok. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Especially with three daughters. Oh, yeah. Tell me about <laughs> so it. So I can watch theirs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Monitor. Um, do you have a favorite podcast? 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get into the podcast world a little bit more. Um, besides yours, Steve, um, <laughs> I would say that uh, the one I listened to this past weekend that I thought was really interesting was uh, very presidential. And it's a little series on kind of like, like some of the presidents that are that are involved with some of the largest unknown scandals. Oh. And I listened to the, the episode on JFK, which was fascinating. Okay. I'll tell my wife about that one. Um, yeah. Okay. YouTube or Hulu? Uh, YouTube. Okay. Same. Uh, if you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest? Sure. Um, that would be a toss up between, uh, president Barack Obama and Tiger Woods. <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. Andy, this, I, I really appreciate this episode and your time. And, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Steve. I really enjoyed it as well.